spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. And it's my pleasure today to have as my guest, Deb Broadwater. I met Deb through um, her co-host for Fast Lap podcast that they have. Deb and Chrissy have a podcast that I encourage you to listen to. It's awesome. And um, when I talked to Chrissy, she said, oh, you need to interview Deb. She's got a great story. So I can't wait to hear Deb all about your story and how you got interested in racing. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, anything that you're willing to share with us, and let's get to know you a little bit better. Okay, um, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Deb Broadwater. I'm co-host with Chrissy on Fast Lap with Chrissy and Deb. And I'm 30 years old. I live in Maryland, and I have been watching racing since I can remember. It's been one of those things that I always did and continue to do. And when I had a friend who was wanting a women's perspective for the sport, um, he writes for tobend.com and he's like, can you give me something? And I had never written in a public capacity before, you know, obviously I went to school, so I wrote a lot of papers, but I'd never written anything for public consumption. So I wrote a first part of it and that's kind of how I met Chrissy. And um, we started talking a little bit from there. And then the second part, I got a ton of industry feedback that I was not expecting because I had never written. I wasn't like super well known in the community at all, but people like Bob Levine reached out to me, Tommy Jim Martins, um, Jonathan Morrissey of Richmar Flores, reached out to me after I had put like a feeler out to see if anybody from the industry wanted to talk about women in NASCAR. So it was kind of crazy how that happened. And then Chrissy and I continued to interact and talk a little bit. And the next thing you know, she's like, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And I didn't quite know where she was going with it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That sounds like something that, you know, would be awesome to do. Um, if I can help in any way, let me know. I didn't realize that she was asking me to co-host with her. Mm -hmm. And then she asked me and I'm like, yes, 100% yes, let's just do it. I like to talk. I write pretty, but I'd rather just talk instead of write. Writing stresses me out just a little bit. So it took us like two weeks to come up with a name and it's been full steam ahead ever since. Mm -hmm. I know um, she said that it took off so much more than you guys expected. Yeah. And, and she shared some of the people that you guys interviewed. Who would you say would be some of your favorite interviews that you guys did? Oh, it's so hard to pick because there's so many people that we've interviewed who have ended up being really close friends of ours and the connections that we've made 
are amazing, but the friendships that have came out of us doing this is beyond anything that I could ever have imagined. Um, Brent Wentz was a really, one of, one of my favorites. Um, Rich Pickerel, he was a hauler driver for Hendrick Motorsports, Junior Motorsports, and then did R&D with Chase Elliott. He was amazing. Some of his stories were fantastic. I'm one of those um, fans who really like the old stories or the stories that you don't hear all the time. Yeah. I like hearing from the people who you don't hear from or yeah. hearing the stories like Rich had some amazing stories about his time as a hauler driver. Some really fun stories. Like at one point he got pulled over by a bunch of Maryland state troopers just so that they could see the hauler. <laughs> the Bay Bridge of all places to be pulled over. Uh -huh. so I loved that. Brent has some really cool stories. And then he's got that vintage shop. And I recently have gotten really into that because I was uh, hanging out with my dad who is the one who we can give literally all the credit that I'm a NASCAR fan for was my dad. I'm 100% a daddy's girl. So he watched the races and he was a huge senior fan. And we, that's, that was our thing. And it still kind of is our thing. So he has all of these old shirts, all of these old shirts. And I was like, dad can I have these and he's like what are you gonna do are you gonna sell them I'm sure they're worth money and I was like oh no 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 I'm gonna wear them so I've started this collection and Brent who owns Days Gone By Vintage has kind of assisted my vintage collection along because he has some really cool stuff um as far as drivers it was really awesome to talk to Anthony Alfredo because I'm a huge Anthony Alfredo fan and how I became a fan of his was kind of a funny story. So it was really cool to talk to him. It was really cool to talk to Spencer Boyd and Corey LaJoy as well. Corey has an amazing story. Uh -huh. And um, really love talking to Natalie Decker. We've talked to her quite a few times and she is just a remarkable human. She's one of my favorites and her and her family become friends and she's just she's lovely beautiful inside and out yes and, and her mom and aunt sue too they just are they're just wonderful people love yeah. the deckers i met her and her mom in daytona the year she finished i think it was fifth i want to say fifth yeah. yeah i think it was fifth and the picture is actually right there i see it i uh it was funny because I saw we were on the infield and uh, driver injuries were happening, but I couldn't get very close. So afterwards, I kind of walked up by the truck and I was like, hey, Natalie, can I get a picture? And it's wet. The grass is soggy. I'm covered in grass. And she like kind of tiptoes closer to me so she could get a picture. And I talked to her and her mom and they're just wonderful. Yeah. And I hope that she does all the amazing things in the sport because I can't say enough good things about Natalie. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So let's go back to Anthony Alfredo. How did you get to be a fan of his? So I was a Matt DiBenedetto fan, still kind of am, still, you know, support him and what he's doing. And I, my phone number, the last four of it is 2188. So when Matt got the 21, I was a junior fan as well. 
growing up. So my number was literally perfect. And I had just made a random tweet about it being funny, like my number's perfect. And uh, he actually liked it. And I was like, what? What is this? Like I'd never interacted with him before. Didn't really know a whole lot about him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why'd he like that? And then he said, oh, I'm driving the 21 too. You should, uh, you should share some of that fandom. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he used this, his hashtag fast pasta and I'm Italian. So I was like, okay, sold, done, easy. Yep. And it was like, it kind of just blew up. There's a bunch of his fans who welcomed me very readily into the fan group. Um, we call ourselves the Sauce Mafia. He calls us the Sauce Mafia. Uh, so it kind of ballooned from there. And there, it's probably one of the favorite fandoms that I've ever like been a part of because they are such a tight-knit group. We all talk to each other. We're all really good friends. We can't wait to meet each other. Uh It's just really cool to be, because I think Junior Nation is so big, was Uh so big when I was really into Junior that it was like, you know, you have a couple friends who are really into Dale Junior too, but it's like this group, this core group who are just always, you know, always talking to each other, always there for each other. And it's just really cool to be a part of something like that. Yeah, that is really cool. You know, it's funny how an experience like that will make you a fan. So I'll tell you a quick story. I'm a Kyle Busch fan. Now I like lots of racers, but I became a Kyle Busch fan because the first year I went to my first um, NASCAR race in person was probably 10 years ago or so maybe. And my, and it was at Michigan and my husband and I did like the big experience where we sat up in the special seats and had the special parking. We went all out. So my one thing I wanted to do, Deb, was find some kind of really cool sweatshirt. And it, I wasn't a Kyle Bush fan at the time. I just wanted like some kind of really cool, bright colored sweatshirt. So, you know, women, we're all about how we look, right? Yeah. So I go from holler to holler and they're black and gray, mm-hmm. black, gray, and white. There's nothing cool. Yeah. Even the colors on the sweatshirts are nothing special. So then... I turn around, I turn the corner and guess who's, who's holler I see M&Ms, red, green, orange, yellow. And it's just like, oh, Melinda, here we are, you know? So I bought this really cool sweatshirt, red sweatshirt with M&Ms and all the stuff on it. And um, so that night we went to dinner at an Italian place and I had the sweatshirt hanging on the back of my chair uh-huh. and we're finishing eating in this, you know, probably they were probably in there late twenties, early thirties, this guy and gal come over and they said, Oh, not to interrupt, but we see you're a Kyle Bush fan. Well, I'm not going to say no. He has shirts hanging yeah. on the back of my chair. Right. Yeah. So I said, yeah. And, and so they said, well, we work for him. We're his PR team. Oh, so they sat down and visited with us. And that was, you know, I'm, that was right when like he and Samantha, I think had just gotten married. So however many years ago that was, they had just gotten married and he had kind of changed from the bad boy. Yeah. Kind of not so much the bad boy, right? Yeah. 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 And so I, I had a lot of questions about him and, and they said, you know, he would give you the shirt off his back. He's amazing. And, and so I was so happy then to talk to them. And then they gave me two hats. 
One said, um, one said crew cheat, crew something, and one said like fast qualifier or whatever it was. And it was the, um, the you know, you can't just get those hats anywhere, no, right? And so they gave me these hats and I was a fan. And yeah. now since then, I've seen him. I'm recording. Okay, I'll block that out. Since then, I've seen him several times and had it. And so he's autographed those and a bunch of other Cabo stuff I have. So it's funny how you can just become a fan, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you don't, you can't quite put your finger on it sometimes of why you're like, okay, okay. Yeah. I really like this person. Yeah. And then like when you meet them or you get to hear stories about them and the person they are, you're like, okay, that's meant it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I like a lot of the drivers. I really do. I'm a Justin Algaier fan. He's from Riverton. He's from Riverton, Illinois. And I have some friends that live there. And, and, you know, just, there's just different reasons why some fan, some drivers, I think appeal to you more than others, but really, I I really do like them all. But, you know, if if Kyle's racing for the lead, I'm obviously going to be cheering for him. Yeah. You know, I have my favorites. But then there's like, I have a really soft spot for the underdogs. Yes, me too. Yeah. And so like, there's a lot of them where I'm like, if they win, okay, I'm cool with that. Like I'm, you know, they're a wonderful person. They're really great. They're yeah. a good racer. They deserve, you know, to win. So I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like there's not anybody that I can really say, oh, he's winning. Yeah. No, me either. And, and, you know, it's, this year has been really interesting too. Look how many winners we've had. You know, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Chase and Kevin Harvick and, and, you know, of course, Danny, you know, I want those guys to all get their win. Um, But, you know, it's just been so interesting because, you know, in years past, you look at the race and you say, oh, you know, it's such and such a track so-and-so is probably going to win and nine times out of 10, maybe they do. And this year it's like, I can't wait to watch the race. I wonder who's going to win. I uh, use driver averages to set my fantasy because I'm in a couple fantasy leagues and I have, I really didn't know anything about fantasy league or I'm not like super invested, but I'll use that to like set my drivers. And then I'll watch the race and I'll be like, that driver has fantastic averages here. What, what is going on? And you, you haven't seen that in a couple of years. And yeah. I think it's really fun to see the new winners or the people who haven't won in a while. Yeah. Like McDowell winning. the yeah. I think that, that was fantastic. I was, was ecstatic for front row. Yeah. That and everything that they've been able to do since that is yeah. awesome. He's run pretty well the rest of the season, yeah. you know? So yeah, I'm just, I, I love the, the suspense of wondering who's going to win. And, you know, today's race day, the day that we're recording. So we're going to, we're going to watch races today and tomorrow. I'm sure you you and I both, and, you know, uh, there's a young man from Kalamazoo that is racing trucks and Carson Hosevar. Okay. So he's kind of, he's, uh, I think in the lead for the rookie points and um great family i've watched him race since he raced quarter midgets against my granddaughters and uh can't help but cheer for that kid you know when he's yeah. here in kalamazoo so keep him on your radar and cheer for him great great family great kids so 
Um, so Deb, tell me a little bit more about, you watched racing with your dad um, and you were little and, and now you've just grown up to be this awesome race advocate, especially, you know, I think for, like you said, the underdog and maybe even for women in motorsports, I know. So um, what would you say is the biggest challenge for people like you and I to convince women who have never been to the race to come and watch a race? I think the biggest challenge is women who aren't into racing or know anything about it. I think the biggest part is educating and welcoming is the, like the struggle that I see a lot. Like on social media, if a woman who is a fan makes an opinion, they may come off, they may be told, no, you don't know anything about this. I actually just saw that last week. Mm -hmm. One of my friends had was talking about contracts and somebody replied to her and said, you know, nothing. And I'm like, I just very kindly was like, please don't say that to women. Yeah. Like, especially women fans who are trying to learn, right. want to learn. Like that just put that just puts a damper on the whole experience. Yeah. Like I was in Dover a year and I had on a junior motorsports shirt. And I sat down and I was having a good time. And it was like pre-race stuff was going on. And I I cheered for Danica as she went by. And the guy said, Oh, so that's why you have a junior motorsports shirt on. And I'm like what and he's like yeah you're a girl so you're gonna cheer for the girl right and I was like um I've been a fan since before I can remember like this has always been me I'm a junior fan I'm gonna support whoever's in a junior motorsports car because of that like yeah. because she's a girl has no right nothing right. to do with the fact that I'm sitting here in the stands paying the same money as you are to watch a race but yet I didn't say anything about your choice in driver. Yeah. yeah. Like in it. So that's that. I feel like that's the biggest struggle that they're not taken seriously. Mm -hmm. People sometimes are not welcoming. Right. Some people are super welcoming and it's fantastic. And I strive to be one of those people. If I see a new fan in at the track or at social media, yeah. I try to make sure that they know, you know, your, your points are valid. You're, yeah. you know, if you have any questions as a new fan, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. There's a bunch of other people that are willing to help you learn. Right. If you want to do, if you want to be a fan, we want to welcome you. Well, that's interesting that you you have exactly the same feeling I do. So last year, pre-COVID, I was working on about 15 NASCAR events at tracks, and the and the object of those events were to be to get women to the track who had not been there before. So we were going to have an event and have a, you know, have like a panel of some wives or people that work at the track and, you know, an event geared towards women, men were welcome too, but of course COVID shut us down, you know, and, and so we didn't get to do any of those, which was really sad because we were going to do the, 
even had one at Phoenix the day of the Xfinity championship, which would have been amazing. So that would have been um, luckily I've made friends at that track because I'm in Arizona, you know, part of the year. And so it'll happen. It'll happen in all due time and, and other tracks too. But we know that if we can get someone, anyone, man or woman to a race, they're going to come back. Yes. They're going to become a fan because, and you know, and I encourage people honestly to spend that extra money and sit in the infield to watch the race. Yes. Because it's a whole different experience. It really is. I, uh, I usually get fan zone passes for Richmond and part of the time I'll sit in the stands, but then part of the time with their new fan zone, it's fantastic. By the way, Dennis Bickmeyer and the team at Richmond did a fantastic job on that fan zone because you can go to and from in the middle of the race. Uh I will do. And it's a totally different experience. And you are watching from the inside, looking out, you're looking out at all the fans, looking at the track, you get to see the cars a lot closer. Yeah. And it's just, it's an entirely different experience. Same thing with um, practice at Bristol. I got to watch practice from the garage actually at Bristol a couple different times. And it's, it's different. It's a totally different experience. And mm-hmm. I feel like if more fans got to do that, hopefully when COVID, op- you know, when COVID's over and everything opens up, they, they would get a lot. I feel like they'd feel different about a lot of things in the sport as far as what goes on in the garage and how hard the teams are working because the whole time that car's out practicing that team's working as soon as it's in that garage that team is on it like it's not they're working really hard it's not like oh i guess we should make that change maybe we should do that now it's no it's like okay changes now fix this car now let's do that right so my friend Liz Bristello, who I think you've interviewed, yes, um, known Liz for a while. She's she I I tell her she's my daughter. I call her my daughter. But anyway, she um, you know, she might be at the track 10, 12 hours. Yes. And it like I can remember we went to Chicago for this was probably three or four years ago. Went to Chicago and for the three, it was three race weekend, and it was in the hundreds. It was brutal. I mean, even as a fan, I mean, I was in the infield the whole time on that concrete and the asphalt, it was brutal. And they were working 10, 12 hours in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who just come and sit in the stands and watch the race, love it, love those people, but they have no clue what happens behind, yeah, behind the scenes. And it, it's just, it's amazing what those people do, but yeah, Liz. I think mentioned at one point tire weight and moving sets of tires. I know. Lifting sets of tires. And I was like, how like how are you doing that in hundred degree heat? And she's little. Yeah, and she's little. And it's just it's amazing to me how much they do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and that's kind of like the reason we like to have crew members on because we don't think that the casual fan understands quite how hard it is to do what they're doing. And I think any insight that you can give to a fan about how incredibly hard it is to do what Liz and some of these other people are doing, it's astounding. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And so, you know, my goal is as soon as things get going again here where that I can get back to the track and make some plans, 
um, we're going to do, we're going to do those events. In fact, Bristol's already talking to me about doing it. So, you know, we're going to do those those events where, um, you know, we're going to have some women panelists, you know, they'll, they'll have to pay a little something to come to it, but it's going to be really geared towards the women. And um, I, I can't wait to do it. I had all these plans and everything worked for last year. And so I've just kind of laid them aside because it's frustrating not to be able to do it. But um, I am going to go to Texas to the race. My granddaughter lives there. And so she works for Nutrien, which is Jeb Burton's uh, sponsor. And so we're, I'm going to Texas and spend some time with her. She's not been to a NASCAR race yet. So that's going to be fun. She's in for a surprise, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Absolutely. So Deb, when you're older like me or older than both of us, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to say about Deb Broadwater? How did she impact motorsports? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I just want people to remember me for being welcoming and kind and giving some attention to people that you don't hear from. Like, I want people to be like, oh, she talked to this person and they gave us some amazing stories that we would have never heard right. if they hadn't thought to yeah. include them. And how like me and Chrissy collectively have included some people that you have retired even like Rich and you've never, you wouldn't have heard yeah. those stories. And maybe it give a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. So have you watched, which I'm, I'm assuming you have, have you watched Lost Speedways? Yes. Okay. So I had, I, I binge watched it. I watched the first yeah. one and I couldn't yeah. stop. And now, <clears throat> so according to Dale Jr. And I, I'm a, I absolutely, my number one podcast to listen to is yeah. Dale Jr. Download and Door Bumper Clear. Yeah. And I seriously, I, I usually lay in bed, go to bed and put my he- headphones in and listen to door bumper clear before <laughs> I go to sleep. And I will literally lay there and laugh out loud. They yes. make me laugh. I love those guys. And the poor gal, she just gets so much crap from them, but I love, love those podcasts. Yeah. The Lost Speedways, you're kind of doing the same thing in a way. And I love that because you're, you're reaching out to those same really people in, in the way that he's doing for the Speedway. So you know, I, I love that. I, I that, love listening to those stories. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of our inspiration when we were like thinking of like, you know, where do we want to go with this? Like, what do we want to talk about? Who do we want to talk to? And I think that he, Dale Jr. had in his podcast had a lot of how we kind of shaped ours. Like, you know, he has some kind of guests that you don't hear from he's got Mm -hmm. some more popular ones but then with like lost speedways and how much he's into the history of the sport even down to the tracks that was kind of our inspiration for okay let's bring some people on that you don't hear from or you haven't heard from in a long time let's talk to them let's let's hear some stories so how did you come up with those names where did you what kind of research did you do to find out about those people well (laughs) It's kind of funny, actually. Um, when we when we had Liz on, uh, 
we became close friends with her and we've been helping her with torqued. We've been, you know, like really putting her out there because yeah. she deserves some notoriety. I she agree. Or her in her clothing line deserves some notoriety because I agree. there's not a whole lot of that out there and it's fantastic. So right. me and Chrissy have been collectively grabbing things and being like, okay, we bought this. You guys should buy this too, because it's yeah. really uh so she kind of gave us Brent okay um, I kind of forget how that happened and then Brent kind of gave us Rich yeah that's um, what I figured yeah so it's kind of it's we haven't really reached out to anyone we since I don't know last year at some point but our guests have been really great with being like okay so you really like talking to us I had a great time here's somebody else we think uh -huh. they're interested they want to talk we want to hear the stories bring it on let's do this yeah and it's been kind of a snowball where we really haven't really had to reach out to anyone right. kind of strange but kind of great at the same time because well and and i kind of figured that's probably how it worked because i mean it would take a lot of research to go back and find who did this or that. And then at that point, you don't even know if it'd be a good interview or if it'd be somebody that had a story, but, but somebody who knows somebody, and that's yeah. what I always say to people. And even, you know, when you're getting, looking for sponsors or that, you know, you might come to me for a story or a sponsorship and I might not be a good fit, but you don't know who I know. Yes. And so you always have to have in the back of your mind, who does Melinda know? Who does Deb know? Who does Chrissy know that would be a good fit? And so, you know, um, my friend Lori and I are working on some educational things that we might we might do a little road tour. That's exciting. Just some tracks, you know, smaller tracks. Um, you know, maybe some quarter midget, or where kids are younger, or whatever, and do some training with them and have a little road tour event where. We can talk to them about how to shake hands, how to look people in the eye, how to do an interview, um, all those kinds of things that you need to learn. If you want to, if you want to be a successful driver, you have to be the whole package. Natalie Decker's the whole package. She's a great interview, you know. And so um, we were just talking yesterday. She and I were. We're working on a road tour, so we'll have to see how that goes. But um, that's exciting. Love, love the stories, the older stories, you know, that you're doing. You're, I, I went back and looked through your podcast and, and uh, just, just love it. I love it. So, Deb, what have we not talked about that you'd like to share with our listeners? I don't know. <laughs> so you're going to Charlotte. Yes. And we're super excited. Um, that's a funny story because Christy and I have not met yet. She lives in Florida. I live in Maryland. So in COVID there, you know, yeah. it's been tough, but we talk constantly. We are on the phone every day and it may be about the podcast. It may not be about the podcast. We just, it's funny because we'll say we, we share the same brain because we both have a lot in common. Uh -huh. Both um, Aquarius so if anybody follows horoscope there's that's two of us together which is interesting at some points but it comes down to like the silverware we have 
is the same. Really? We have the same silverware. We both got a dog treat maker because we both have the same breed of dog. And we did not know that the other person had gotten this dog treat maker, but we both got the same dog treat maker. <laughs> we didn't know we had the same dog. And then, you know, she sees and I see, and we literally have the same exact dog, but a different color. So like it was instantaneous yeah. how we clicked. So we haven't met, we've been literally chomping at the bit for this. We've been planning this since November. So it's three days away and I'm super excited to finally get to meet her. And she's not been to Charlotte. And okay. I've been to Charlotte twice. Okay. So there's things that I'm like, okay, we've got to go here. We've got to do this. You've got to see this. Right. So, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to her first time in Charlotte and getting to meet her for the first time in person. So now are you going to do some Facebook lives? We are going to, well, we might do Facebook Live, but we were thinking about doing, um, actually just doing a podcast one night and streaming it on YouTube yeah. and getting to sit together in the same space and have a conversation just about how our trips went, what yeah. we've done, who we saw. Um, you we should definitely do that, but I can see that, you know, when you first meet and different things, just little short Facebook Lives, yeah. Um, because that's just going to be so cool. I wish I was coming to hang out with you guys. I can be your mother, but I still, you know, I'm kind of a fun crazy. person. <laughs> Actually, um, that's kind of funny because I met a woman in Dover and they had on the same driver's gear as I did at that time. And it was, he wasn't a well-known driver. So I walked over to them and I was like, Hey, I like your hat and I'm not, I was not the type of person to just walk up to anybody at the track and start talking to them. I was not like this. So we start talking and that was two years, two or three years ago now. And we're going down that we've been down there to stay with them. We made like, so I call her my racetrack mama. So there I literally have a whole second family in North Carolina that I only have because I yeah a racetrack and said hey and it's amazing and I love her to death it's it is it's, it's just the it's people awesome. you meet are amazing yes the people yeah. you meet who you know it's unexpected mm -hmm. I always say unexpected friendships are kind of the best because you're like all of a sudden yeah. there's this person and you talk to them all the time and like you look back and you're like how did I not yeah. have this person in my life exactly so well, people call me people call me mama <laughs> so I'll be your mama there you go and she'll be your racetrack mama it's it's just so fun to be able to hear and share with other people of all ages you're 30 I'm 65 so but we still we have a lot in common because we both love racing we've made great friends there's just so many things that racing will bring to uh, a person to fill a need maybe a friendship to to have something you're passionate about and that's the thing I try to get across to other women yeah everything is for women it is not just for men and you know 
you, you go to the racetrack and there are more and more and more women there, which is great, but we're still a little bit outnumbered, I think. And I, I look at a whole row of men with their sons sitting there watching a race when we were in um, Phoenix. And I was thinking, where's the mom? Where's the sister? You know, and, and it's kind of like, get them to the track and they'll become a fan. That's yeah. all we got to do is get them to the track. And it's not just NASCAR. It's Kalamazoo Speedway. It's Slinger Speedway. It's South Bend Motor Speedway. It doesn't matter. You know, English Creek is out in Iowa and that's where, um, you know, I'm hoping to go do a little event type thing with my friend Lori. I don't care where you go, but go to a race and experience yeah. it. Yeah, I have, uh, I met a girl on Twitter. Her boyfriend races in Jennerstown, PA. Uh-huh. Not far from me. We're actually closer than I thought we were as far okay. as. And she's like, hey, I got some free tickets. Come see me. So like, it's almost like you build when you're a fan and you finally like get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to start like talking to other fans. Like, I want that. You kind of build like a, almost like a tribe of other fans. That's true. You, those connections are just amazing. Yeah. Like you may have never met them in person, but you talk to them constantly for years. Mm -hmm. And that. I feel like that's kind of the best thing about NASCAR and being a fan is your access to people is unlike any other sport. True. And the friends that you make. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I have a girlfriend that is a huge football fan who I, we talk football all the time, but I could name easily 10 or 15 women that uh -huh. NASCAR with constantly we I agree yeah and I feel like it's just totally different than any other sport in that aspect it is and and even the you know um even when like uh, if you're watching the race on tv and they're talking to the driver on the last couple pace laps before they start to race you're not going to talk to the quarterback before a football game no unless you're some big time news person you know, and the fact that we get to hear interviews with those people and that we can go at, you know, at some point again, we'll go through the garages and, and do all that. There's no other sport like it. And I, I just encourage women all over. And if your husband's not into racing, then you get into racing, you get excited about it and you bring him to the track exactly. because he doesn't have to be the one dragging you there. You drag him there. And I, I guarantee you go to a race, you're going to be a fan easily yeah that's kind of why we do the um fan live podcasts that we do we do them once a month usually and we'll get a bunch of late yes last night we did a male one but uh we've been doing a lot of female ones where we'll get female fans on and last one we were able to do we brought natalie on the one uh -huh. that we brought liz on so that they can kind of other fans can kind of get the same experience that we get right and i feel like we're really lucky that we've been able like it took off like it did yeah we're able to reach out to people and they they want to come on exactly or that people are even in our twitter dms like hey can you want to interview me yeah here's what i've done in the sport or right. a driver, hey, I want to talk. 
you know, it's interesting that you brought that up. So I do a digital magazine, which you probably already know. And, um, and so I, you know, I was kind of during COVID there, was, it was hard to get people as interested in staying with racing as I was. So anyway, I, I made this little post and I put it on about maybe 15 Facebook pages of tracks in different places. I've had over 300 names given to me of women who want to be either on the podcast or interviewed. And there was a comment on one of the pages and it was from a man, no offense guys, but, and he said, well, just, just take, look at NHRA. There's all kinds of women kind of like, and you know, it's like, okay. And so I responded, I said, I'm aware of that, but there are hundreds of women who nobody's ever heard of who have great stories. And those are the women I want to talk to. And, you know, when they send me a little blurb about, you know, I did this and this is how I got started. And there's amazing. In fact, I'm sending this is just, just the women I have the emails for. I've got another 250 or more women that I have to reach out to and get their email so I can send them the information. That's amazing. I'm going to be busy. You are going to be busy. (laughs) But it's a good busy. Yes. Good busy. Yeah. Well, Deb, what, is there anything else you'd like to share? Have we covered pretty much everything? When, where can people find your podcast? We are everywhere. Um, We have a Facebook page that we really actually probably should post on more because we're not really on, we're on there, but we're not on there. Yeah. Um, We have a Twitter account, fastlap pod, at fastlap underscore podcast, I believe. Okay. Um, And you can listen to us on, if you want to see our YouTube lives, we're on YouTube, fastlap with Chrissy and Deb. We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. Buzzsprout. I feel like there's one I'm missing. Spotify. Well, if we can't find you on one of those. They're in sorry shape. So yeah, you should just be able to Google us and we yeah. can. That's what I figured, but I wanted you to have a chance to, to tell people where to find you. So I'm going to encourage all of you to find Deb and Chrissy, Fast Laugh with Chrissy and Deb, and get subscribed to their podcast. You know, it's it's like I, my Monday nights, I'm listening to Door Bumper Clear. My Tuesday nights, I'm listening to Dale Jr. So, and then I, I listen to um, Stacking Pennies. Yes. And um, I'm just, there's a whole bunch of them now that I, I listen to and, and I just love listening to other people's perspectives. And most of them are, they're men. They're yeah. pretty much all men doing these podcasts. And so I think that we're the only all female NASCAR podcast. I think so. I think so. There's a F1 version yeah. of us who yeah. I've recently stumbled upon and I'm not huge into F1. No, I'm not either, but see two other girls kind of doing what we're doing and yeah. I love it. Yeah. But so I think that we're the only ones right now. Yeah, I think so. So I encourage everybody and, 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 you know, listen to the, to the podcast I did with Chrissy. Um, that was just, just, um, dropped last week. And then, um, this one's going to go and I encourage you to listen to these gals and be a part of it and be active, you know, let them know you're listening. And, and if you have suggestions for them that, you know, somebody that has a good story, 
reach out to them and let them know. Right. Same for me. I'm always looking for good stories and good interviews. And so we're always open to that, aren't we, Deb? Yes, always open to that and always just anything, reach out to me. Right. I'm easily accessible. I don't mind talking to people that I don't, I haven't talked to or interacted with. If you want to talk racing, I'm here. I yeah. will talk racing all day long to anyone. I know that's, that's awesome. So Deb, I'm going to let you go. I've really, really enjoyed um, talking to you and I wish I was coming to Charlotte. Darn. Yes. I, but, you'll be in Bristol, right? Um, I may be in Bristol, but I know for sure I'm going to be in Phoenix and that's championship weekend. Be a great time for you girls to come to Phoenix. I think that I'm, I think I'm going to Florida in October, so it may not be accessible this year. Okay. So if you're right. going to come to Bristol, let me know. Okay. I, I will for sure. Anything that you're conjuring yeah. up in Bristol. Oh yeah. Know. I'll stay in touch because um, you guys would be great panelists for the events too. So that would be great to do that. So we've got to, we've got to collaborate on some things. I think that would be awesome. So um, reach out to these gals, you know, if you're, if you want to talk racing, if you have any questions about anything, you know, we're all accessible and we want more women at the track and um, Deb, I hope you have a great weekend. I know Charlotte's coming up and I can't wait to watch those Facebook lives and uh, the podcast from there and see what kind of fun you're having. So yes, there will be a ton of video and photos taken that weekend. Yeah. So we're yeah, actually the whole time. So um, it's been great talking to you. And uh, as like I said, we're going to stay in touch. We'll we'll get those women to the track, won't we? Yes, we will. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.